Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Morning, everybody. Welcome to the program on this Wednesday morning. Thanks to Copes and MC kicking us off nice and early this morning, wherever you tuned in on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney or across the SEN network via our app. Hope you're off to a good start. Uh, the middle of the week. And for most, the week back into work. Shower or two around Sydney today, a top of 26 in the city and the west. So a little bit cooler than the last couple of days where that heat really gets you very, very muggy. Not so the case early this morning. I'm going to start with a bit of news that's come in from Serbia. And a lot of people will raise an eyebrow to this. Now, it's not going to change anything and it's not going to move the needle on anything, but the simple name... Novak Djokovic always gets people hot under the collar. Well, it's now been revealed through essentially a mate of his that he suffered a bad fever the night before that loss to Yannick Sinner, who, of course, goes on to win the Australian Open. Now, it was no secret that Djokovic had illness throughout the tournament. He'd admitted on a couple of occasions throughout the campaign that he'd been under the weather, but it was believed that he was on the way back and was looking good for that 11th title at Melbourne Park. Then he gets stopped in his tracks to Sinner, who dropped his, up to that point, one and only set along the way to Novak Djokovic before knocking him out and then taking the title. But now reports out of Serbia suggest that he suffered a relapse of his illness the night before his final match. This has just come through in the last half an hour or so via social media and Serbian reporters. Luka Nikolic has said he got a fever the night before the semi-final, something similar to what Alexander Sverev had. He was sick for three weeks and then he had a relapse. That's why he played so badly in the first two sets. You could see he was so weak and he couldn't do it. He couldn't play well in those conditions. But here's the thing. He said he didn't want to go to the doctor so the journalists wouldn't bother him and make a fuss. Now, this isn't officially out of Novak's camp, but it's coming from within Novak's inner circle, essentially. So I can get the fact that he was crooked throughout, and I can understand the fact that he might have been fairly crooked the night before and probably sapped if that was the case. But didn't want to go to the doctor so the journalist wouldn't bother him and make a fuss is crap. You can go to a doctor at the Australian Open with no one knowing. I've done it. I've utilised the doctor underneath, right next door to Rod Laver Arena in the middle of hosting a broadcast. Now, I wasn't playing the thing, but nobody knew I was there. Now, if Novak Djokovic, with everything that he's got at his disposal, can't go see a doctor for a severe flu because he thinks a journalist is going to make a fuss, then I'm starting to go, hang on a second, hang on a second. That part of it, we didn't need. But anyway, that's what's happening. Is it an excuse? Well, it's not an excuse from Novak. It's coming from within the camp itself. But maybe it's some sort of reasoning behind why he was flat against Yannick Sinner. Or maybe Yannick Sinner was just better than him on the night. And I tend towards somewhere in the middle. 
Interesting stuff. So that one's come out. Now, also, just before we were on air, we saw both Tommy and I saw the news from Live Golf that John Rahm's team has now officially um, been settled and also revealed their logo and all that business. And it's called Legion 13. Why, I don't know. But it's called Legion 13, the first new team to join the Live Golf League since its inception in 2022. So John Rahm's team will be himself, Terrell Hatton from England, Caleb Surratt from the United States and Kieran Vincent from Zimbabwe. And they put out a big press release saying that uh, we've come a long way in a short period of time and extremely proud of the team brand that we're building. So Tommy and I were just having the discussion of what, what kind of building do you have to do to get a foursome together that's going to play for millions of dollars that are already signed to a league that are getting millions of dollars from their employers anyway. (laughs) It can't be too hard, can it? Hey, uh, you want to come and play tomorrow? Yeah. Look, I've got three spots in my foursome. Yeah, yeah, cool, mate. What time? Oh, 7.06. Yeah, sure. I can rustle up a couple of players. Look, if we win, call it 15 million, whatever whatever the latest figure is. I mean, we're plucking numbers out of thin air. If we lose, call it a couple of million. Shouldn't be too hard, should it? No, bang. Right, here's a shirt, by the way, and it's got a logo on it. I mean, how hard can it be? This is the weird side of world sport. Excuses may be coming out, but don't want to go see a doctor because I've got a flu and the journos are going to get onto it. And gee, it's been a hard build off the back of a couple of hundred million dollars worth of signing. Ah, dear. Don't you love the world of sport? Fatima Kadu from the Daily Telegraph is going to join us this morning. So our guest lineup this morning, Fatima will have the latest on this Wayne Bennett stuff, putting his hand up officially for the Kiwis job. And we'll get to that in just a sec. Kasper, Michael Kasperovitz, I'll get his thoughts on one day international series ahead of us. Of course, what happened at the Gabba. And we've got the Australian Cricket Awards tonight. So the Alan Border Medal and the Belinda Clark Medal as well. David Stevenson is the CEO of the National Basketball League. So the NBL, of course, has had another breakout season. They continue on this upward trajectory in viewership, um, crowd numbers, engagement on social media, the lot. Standing within the world of basketball itself continues to grow. And now there's a push for the NBL to spread its wings to Japan. Now, this will take a long time because the instant we say that, we instantly think, okay, what, we're looking at a Japanese team from the B-League coming into the NBL. Now, that may be way down the track. At the moment, they're not allowed to do it under FIBA rules. But what they can do is start a partnership with the Japanese leagues, utilise pre-season, for instance, and tap into a very, very big audience. So we'll talk to the boss at the NBL about where they're at in terms of spreading their wings and what you think about that. As well, I always have hesitation when I hear domestic leagues, domestic plus New Zealand leagues, start to look outside of our own backyard. Now, their priority is expansion from within first up. And as I said, this is way down the track, but there are very compelling reasons to have a look at a partnership with Japan. And in my opinion, it shows that the NBL on a global scale continues to push forward at a rate of knots. So David Stevenson will join us and also the goal scorer for Sydney FC uh, on the weekend, Jordan Courtney Perkins, as they get ready to take on Western United. Sydney seventh on the ladder, Western United last. So that's the lineup 
of guests today. And we also want to match a mentor this morning. 0457 736 736 is my text line or 1300 01 1170 is the open line number. Do you remember, folks, if you were with us on Australia Day, we got a text from Nathan who said, I'm sure I just spotted Greg Inglis at West Tigers training in full kit. He gave us the tip on our text line. And you were bang on, spot on, Nathan, because now we're seeing the photos of GI in full West Tigers kit. And now we know the reason why he's there. He's there to mentor Jareem Buller. He's got a great relationship, obviously, with Shane Richardson. So we tried to do some digging on Australia Day. And we, we knew about the connection there between Rich O, the now CEO of the West Tigers, and GI. So what we thought this morning was, that's a perfect mentor, isn't it, for Jareem Buller? Superstar in the making. He's going to have everything thrown at him, including the kitchen sink. And guess who's been in that scenario? Greg Inglis. Great matchup in my opinion. But who are the NRL players who are under pressure who could use a mentor this season and perhaps past players who could have done with a mentor? Now, we can go serious on this or we can go a bit skew-if. In fact, why don't we do both? Ryan Pappenhausen, we'll hear from him soon, talking about the fact that he needs confidence, that he was not only injured, of course, but was worrying too much about outside noise. Some pretty frank admissions from Ryan Pappenhausen, what kind of mentor could you match with Paps to help with those issues? They've got millions of them. Not millions. They've got plenty of people around them. But I was thinking, you know who'd be really good for Ryan Pappenhausen when I see that he was worried about too much noise? Mitchell Marsh. And a lot of you would have heard the story that Skull told on Fox Cricket throughout the summer about when Pat Cummins got the group together. I think it was the test against Pakistan and was giving them the big rev up and said, where else would you rather be? You know, you do that quite, where else would you rather be? Look around the playing group. And Mitchell Marsh listed 15 places. (laughs) Pub with my mates, probably here, there, playing golf with John Rahm. Went through a whole stack and just, you know, brought the humour to the room, not worrying about the outside noise. So Ryan Pappenhausen, I'm going to pair him up with Mitch Marsh. What about a pass player? Somebody who is... Angry all the time. Tooves. Who could be a could have been a good mentor for Tooves? Somebody who could get in the zen, who just didn't break a sweat. Maybe if we paired up Tooves with Roger Federer. The late Roger Federer. Not the late, as he hasn't passed, but the latest stage of Roger Federer. There's some breaking news. The latest stage of Roger Federer's career when he was so cool. Nothing bothered him. Just not flustered at all. Can you imagine? Just a weekly session. There's Tooves. There's Roger. Just sit down. No problems. So who would be the perfect mentor for a player under pressure or a past player and why? Let's play match a mentor this morning. 0457 736 736 is the text line. 1300 01 1170 is the open line. It is 14 and a half minutes after nine o'clock. So Wayne Bennett now has essentially formally applied for the New Zealand job and is the frontline contender to succeed Michael Maguire. So Wayne Bennett said, yes, I've expressed my interest. I've spoken to the NZRL and waiting for them to come back to me. Greg Peters, who is the boss of the New Zealand Rugby League, I'm certainly, we are certainly interested in talking to Wayne. He's got the history there. It possibly lines up perfectly with what 
would essentially be the end of his full-time NRL coaching career. However, they've got Stacey Jones and Nathan Kalis in the mix. Remember the Michael Maguire stuff once he decided that he wanted to become uh, take over the state of origin job that was offered to him. And there was all sorts of shouts from across the Tasman of, we need a Kiwi in charge of the Kiwis and all this kind of stuff. But surely it's a no-brainer now to appoint Wayne Bennett. And how, if they don't, do they wriggle out of this one? The New Zealand Rugby League. An absolute no-brainer. I wonder if there's been a bigger no-brainer when it comes to the coaching roundabout. Surely, if Wayne Bennett's interested at this stage of his career with the time frame and what's ahead of them and where they're at, how then could you say we've decided to go, and no disrespect at all, to Nathan Kalis or Stacey Jones or whoever else puts up their hands, how could you go that way knowing that Wayne Bennett is available and interested? you got to wonder. Let me know your thoughts on that, 0457 736 736. So let's get to Ryan Pappenhausen and Luke Brooks. So two players with the spotlight right on them, speaking about the challenges that they've had and the challenges that they're about to face. Ryan Pappenhausen admitting injuries, yes, clear factor last year. But somebody who we are so used to seeing with absolute confidence was suffering in that department. And the storm had been paying me for 12 months and hadn't played a game, so I thought I might use a bit of the money to go fix myself up. Coming back after my knee from Bill, the amount of confidence he gave me and, and reassurance, I thought, you know what, even though I'll be confident with my ankle and I know I'll get back from it, I just want that clarity around, okay, I can move the same way. I think I was a bit overall with emotion, disappointment, not again, who have I let down? I think visually just seeing my foot that way probably, probably didn't help. There is luck, without a doubt, there's luck in every part of life, but I feel like the harder you work, you're going to put yourself in a picture for that luck to find you. And that word luck, you're due for some good luck? Yeah, I'm due for some good luck. Hopefully it turns. So when can we expect to see Ryan Pappenhausen back in the NRL? Uh, I think I might be playing a trial game. So I don't know which trial game it is, but yeah, beauty. Good on him. And well said from Ryan Pappenhausen, some very open and, and honest stuff that he was faced with and says it, you know, with, with direct... Um, meaning behind everything that he's talking about there. But it was quite interesting to hear him talk about the, the challenges that are going on mentally as well as physically. Then we get to Luke Brooks. And what a year this is going to be, you would, you would hope, for Luke Brooks. 205 games and 11 years of his career at the one club, the West Tigers. And, of course, now, well, he's already been there now for a couple of months, but it's a brand-new chapter at Manly and a brand new set of challenges at this stage of his career. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to learn a lot off him and um, yeah, I'm just excited to play with someone of that calibre. I thought he's played some of his best footy in the, the last few years, um, even at the age of 35. So yeah, I'm looking forward to playing alongside him. Playing alongside some great quality players, there's a lot of guys in this side that have played Origin and very experienced players that I think will help me. Looking forward to a new start and um, yeah, hopefully playing some good footy. Obviously a hard decision um, that I had to make, but in the end, I think once it all settled down and I guess coming here, it made me think that it was the right decision. Yeah, I guess uh, at the end of the day, you've got to do what's best for you. And um, yeah, I think I've made that uh, decision. Great quality players that, that are here at the club. So that, that's definitely the, the main thing that attracted me to Manly. So there you go. Luke Brooks about to embark on another stage of his career at the age of 29. 
Um, so he'll turn 30 later in December, in fact. So have you got a mentor that we can match up with, with those kind of players? These guys have people that they lean on, obviously. And there's so much great club support. But when you look at the start of Luke Brooks's career 2.0, and then you look at Ryan Pappenhausen starting to change and get that confidence back, who could we match up? Greg Inglis style, let me know this morning, 0457736736. PJ says, I love your start to the show, comparing your star status to Novak. No, no, no. no. You must have to hide your identity just to go out for a coffee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, there was no comparison whatsoever. But what I'm saying is there are ways and means, and I was trying to give you an example, but there are ways and means, absolutely, for Novak Djokovic to go and see a doctor or get a doctor to come to him without journalists knowing. That that was my point there. And I know that you're having a laugh at me and a P-take, PJ, but I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for that. Small crowd tip for the Melbourne ODI between Australia and the West Indies at the MCG on Friday, or is it? Less than 30,000 expected. Sure, that's small to what we're used to over the years of ODIs. But remember the last time around in November 2022, there was just over 10,000 there for Australia v England. So are we expecting a little bit too much here for the one-day international crowds and the series given the way that cricket comes at us thick and fast and BBL and off the back of the Test Series and now we're into the ODIs? Second match at the SCG on Sunday, third match at Monica on Tuesday, and of course the Australian Cricket Awards tonight. Mitch Marsh, the favourite for the Allen Border Medal, Elise Perry and Ash Gardner, two of the favourites for the Belinda Clark Medal. We'll talk to Casper about that. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. So we're looking for matching up a mentor this morning. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is my open line. If you'd like to have your say on this Wednesday.